Hi, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 19, Music of the Apes. Hey, Joe. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Oh my God! Am I in trouble? No. Oh, how are I you? To, I'm good. I just wanted to make it dramatic. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, can we start from the top then? Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hello, Andrew. Oh, I thought you were going to do Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Nope, I'm changing it now. God damn it! Can we start it one more time? Okay, one more time. Hey, Joe. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. <laughs> if it isn't Joe. If it isn't Andrew, you son of a bitch. If it isn't Joe, you lucky bastard. I am a lucky bastard. You want to know why? Why? Because you're my partner in this podcast. <laughs> that one didn't work so well. No, no, that last part didn't work so well. But anyway, so today we have Louis Aronowitz on, and he's going to discuss music of the Planet of the Apes. And you know him from doing our fantastic theme song, and we're going to cut right into that. Thank you. All right, Joe, uh, let's welcome our guest, Louis. Louis, great. Uh, thanks for being here. I already messed up. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> This will not be edited at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we, we keep in all errors. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I think people are familiar with your sounds of your intro on our podcast every other week when we get around to airing them. Uh, so I think a, a lot of people have kind of come out and said, like, that's a really good intro. And did you steal that from Planet of the Apes? And we didn't. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, just kind of getting into your mind, what's your history with Planet of the Apes? Um, and like, did you grow up watching them or, uh, or discover I them later? Them. <laughs> I, so I, um, well, I knew about Planet of the Apes because of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that was my first intro <laughs> when they parody it, mm. uh, but also, like, it was just, like, a pop culture thing that kind of everybody knew. Yep. Uh, and then when the when the Mark Wahlberg one came out, I I remember my uh, my parents were like, oh, no, 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 that's bad. You have to watch the real one. <laughs> and we bought, like, a box set of the VHSs. Nice. And started watching all of them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're super fun. I, like, I think I've watched all of them, but I don't remember, like, I think I only remember maybe the, f I remember the first one really well. And then the rest of them, I like vaguely kind of remember what happens, but I remember mm -hmm. it getting super convoluted and confusing <laughs> with like, well, that movie actually led to this one. So now we're going back to this part and we're doing this and that actually caused this. And these people went through time. And it, it like, I was at the age where I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm moving on. What's next? No, I, I think you kind of nailed it. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. First movie, great. Everyone remembers it. The rest is very powerful. Um And then by the time, and also by the time I was like ready to like go back and rewatch them, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have VCR anymore, so I gotcha. can't watch them anymore. <laughs> yep. I still I, uh, have them. I have the tapes sitting oh, on nice. the shelf somewhere. <laughs> That's cool. pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, there's, there's this kind of, like, everyone discovered Planet of the Apes a different way. Um, but we all kind of go back to that first film. Um, so you, you mentioned Jay and Sound Bob Strike Back. I think like outside of having seen clips of the movies when I was a little kid, I would kind of bring in the Simpsons as like, kind of like a major force that kind of brought it to the forefront for me. Um, that, you know, like I, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's the one with Dr. Zayas. Like I knew what it was yeah. because of the Simpsons. Um, you want to hear a crazy, disappointing thing? I never watched <laughs> The Simpsons. Really? Whoa. I never. Oh wow! Just, just like I've seen the monorail episode, and I think that's it. I, you're, uh, you're I like pretty good I with just, that. Like, can't like, yeah. Get, yeah. Well, I, I've always been told like you have to watch the monorail episode. You gotta watch the monorail. So I watched that. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I love it. But for some reason, I just have like this mental block against animated shows, where like I have trouble getting into it. I can so see I, that, yeah. And also, The Simpsons has like what ninety seasons now, so like, yeah, but it's just only, like overwhelming to even try. Right. To start. Only nine of which are good, uh, but um, yeah. There, there's. I do you know the Simpsons Planet of the Apes reference though yeah. at all, or yeah, the musical because uh, I, I feel like they I know were. That they made that, and I know like yeah. Uh, I know Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, I can say, okay, yeah. like, I know that, but I don't, I <laughs> don't really know it very well. I just feel like it, it's such an interesting critique on Broadway 30 years before Broadway got really obsessed with making adaptations of movies into musicals. Like they, Simpsons did it. Like they, they really hit that before everyone else did. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, I asked you before we did this podcast if um, you would do an intro song for us. Because honestly, like, I think when I was kind of putting my feelers out there for people that were interested in the Planet of the Apes podcast, you, you were one of the few people that were like, yeah, that's cool. Um, so I was like, uh, if there's anyone that I know that could whip up something like that, it would most likely be you. I think it was like a few years back you were doing like valentines for people and that you were like at, something i would do and you were like does anyone want a song written about them and i'm like yeah and then you like wrote like this very quick little weezer riff and i was like yeah <laughs> that guy gets it nice. <laughs> so like as soon as uh as this guy came around i'm like i gotta i gotta read that. <laughs> so and then again you kind of hit it out so you you've taught classes uh on the Planet of the Apes soundtrack, correct? Or yeah, like on the history of So I taught film scoring mm-hmm. for a little bit, uh, and I would just go through, um, I would like every week pick out a new uh, score to talk about, to try and talk about different techniques and different ways of approaching scoring and all that good stuff. It was like a very, uh, it was it wasn't really an intro course. It was for like upperclassmen, but they didn't have a film scoring major or department or anything. So it was one of those like, well, it's an intro to this thing, but you're all musicians. So it was sort of like an intermediate level thing. So I tried to make it super, super basic and easy intro stuff. And so I, we were just like, we 
watched a clip of Planet of the Apes. We watched a lot of clips of Star Wars. Uh, we watched like Back to the Future. Um, we watched the Avengers. Like we would just talk about, uh, you know, kind of like, well, how did, how do you think this composer went about coming up with this music and why does it work? And what is it, what does it represent? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Planet of the Apes has a lot of really cool techniques in it. Um, that, it does, yeah, it, it really does. It, it, it really kind of invokes like this, um, animalistic, I guess, kind of approach to, to music and a little bit more barbaric yeah. kind of sounding. Yeah. Um, so that it, it actually it plays right into one of the big things that I kind of tried to stress to students was using um, using specific like instruments or musical elements to represent what's happening on the screen. So mm-hmm. like other examples, like one day we watched um, like Westworld and it had this like metallic percussion thing in the background. And I was like, yeah. Because they're robots. So it sounds like a factory building robots. <laughs> and like, there was another one. Um, what was it? I don't remember what. Oh, we, there was like something with Harry Potter where the thing was like very flowing. Like it's okay. flying through the air, like a broom flying through the air. <laughs> and so it's like, I was trying to get them to look at <clears throat> things as like, uh, like one of the many starting points to going about scoring something. Because I mean, if you get a video, you watch a video and you're like, what music do I write for this? So one of the mm-hmm. techniques that I used was looking at like, what can you represent on screen with music? And so everything about the music being like barbaric and tribal and minimal because that's what's happening in the movie. It w- and so this mm-hmm. was like a perfect, uh, a perfect way of, of exemplifying that concept. Oh, totally. I was, um, I was re-listening to it uh, today while at work and it's not relaxing. Um, it is not something that you can kind of put on in the background. And I'm like, you know, putting together like spreadsheets and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to help. Um, so. Spreadsheets are just like upside down. And like yeah. you just have like numbers everywhere. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And, and just a smeared blood stain on my uh <laughs> But yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes you feel like makes you feel like you're getting chased by uh, monkeys on horses. <laughs> on horses, yeah, with hunts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there, there's this thing about the soundtrack and about the styling of it that, and I know it predates Star Wars, but there's certain sounds that are just so classically sci-fi within it, like these, like twings and twangs i don't even know how to describe it but it's got like this this classic sci-fi feel that you definitely hear in the background of other sci-fi films going forward um so i think it was really kind of that's because they all stole from the same people right exactly yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) it's Um, all just the rite of spring repackaged (laughs) into different movies um i have a question for you in my research on this because again don't really know much about music What's an echoplex? Uh, I don't know. I, I <laughs> oh, think that's echo. like an instrument, right? <laughs> I have no idea. I keep seeing echoplex, and I'm like, I'm assuming it makes things echo. Um, but I was like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that for him, and I'm gonna ask Louis, and then no idea, catch him on the spot. <laughs> Zingo, got him. And that that's like one of those things, <laughs> like 
I learned about all these obscure instruments and weird uh, outboard gear. And like you, you learn about all this random music related right. things in college and then you never use it. So now I, I don't remember any of it. Like somebody awesome. asked me something about uh, like some random instrument. Uh, I think like an Urdu or something. And I was like, okay, I like, I wrote for that when I was 20, but like, I don't even remember what it is. I, who knows? Nine times out of 10, you can just be like, did Prince play one of those? And then you're good. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, um, but, I, have uh, a, I have a sample of it on the keyboard, so I can still <laughs> record it if we need to. Nice. I don't know what it is, but I can make it work. Um, yeah, the only the only instrument like I can like, maybe recognize from the Planet of the Apes uh, outside of the drums and piano is I think it's a glockenspiel. Um, every once in a while, I'm like, that's glockenspiel. Probably not. Um, but I yeah, just like I, well, say, I, think, I just like saying the word. So I, I think the the score has like a full orchestra, and mm-hmm. then it's just very minimal, so they rarely come in. Um, yeah. If I remember, like, I think the only time like a full orchestra even comes in is the at the end when he sees the Statue of Liberty. Spoilers. Uh, what? <laughs> Joe, I'm so sorry. But like Ooh. when he figures out it's Earth, and then the Earth instruments show up, like the Earth orchestra right. shows up. Like, I, it's, it's like it's all. I feel like it's right before the shot because um, I do actually have a because it does end on silence i do remember the film ends completely silent of you just hear the waves kind of crashing but you're right it's like leading right up to that they're on the beach and they're getting closer and you hear the strings and everything and everything's starting to get more yeah. recognizable that's smart yeah, it's a, it's i, I just really never cool. thought of it that way yeah it's it's a cool representation of like uh for for the whole movie you don't know where you are so you're mm-hmm. disoriented so it's like it's it's minimal because there's nothing around it's barren but it's also everything is like very sparse and very like almost atonal like wh- what few m- melodic elements there are are not really like melodies melodies so mm-hmm. like you're like y- like you can't really find a downbeat a lot of the time and there's no like clear key center a lot of times so you're just like off balance like where are we what is happening why are the monkeys so smart? Uh, and, and then it's not until the end when like he starts to realize it that everything kind of like settles in like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now I know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's 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 a cool way of like approaching the writing. It's it's uh, but like like if you were to pick out what are the things that this is about and then how do I represent that through the music? That's like one of the big ones. Oh yeah, I, I totally think um, the the guy who wrote the score, Jerry Goldsmith, nailed that completely. He's um, pretty good. He's a pretty yeah. good composer, you know. He's only he's done, done, done some stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's done. Some done uh, he did Total Recall, the one without the phone booth guy. Um, Secret <laughs> of the Nim. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard he did Secret of Nim. Yeah, he did Secret of Nim. Oh, I love that movie. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that. that was my reaction. <laughs> He, uh, he also did all the Star Treks. Right. And yeah. uh, he was nominated as well for Patton. Uh, and he, he did Chinatown. Small, yeah, Chinatown. Yeah, I mean, he's like, episodes, he did a lot of things. He did, uh, 
he recreated uh, in 1997. He's the guy that re-recorded the uh, Universal logo. Oh, so cool. ever since 1997, that's his Universal uh, nice. logo theme, which is engraved in my head from like Jurassic Park and stuff like that. And I always miss the drum beat because I always go like two steps before. Like, da 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 da. Dun dun. I'm always like one step ahead. And anyone that I'm in the theater with, uh, in four times, um, would be very annoyed at me. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, this guy's done so much, uh, other stuff. The, the thing that I kind of, I quote now from him, it goes back to, uh, the ending of the film and how it kind of goes into silence. Um, I guess in the commentary track for the film, he explained why he didn't score like the very final shot. And his response was, Charlton Heston was a bit over the top by himself and didn't need any score to accompany him. The dude gets nice. it. <laughs> Goldsmith understood that that scenery was going to be chewed every single time. And there's nothing bigger to chew than Lady Liberty. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what makes it so good, though. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love that. That's like, it's the same like uh, um, when you watch like the original Star Trek. And mm-hmm. Shatner's chewing up the scenery. Like, yeah, that's what makes it awesome. I uh, love it. OG Star Trek is like, I, don't <laughs> get me wrong. the best. <laughs> I, I, I love Shin and Deep Space Nine and all that stuff. But the one I go back to more often than not is the original Star Trek. Like, it is just so I mean, it's just satisfying. So and great. It's, it's so good. And, great. Uh, and Shatner's just, just the, uh, like, yeah, just I'm the catty little retort. Yeah, I know. And just the catty little, the little cattiness between. Bones and, and Kirk is just my favorite thing ever. I just, God, they're they're just like such gossipy little jerks. Like the, I, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I think we all agree. Start the best, and that brings us to the end of our start podcast. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on kicking trucking. It with, kicking it with the tri- yeah. Oh, <laughs> Joe's really good at coming up. with Thank you. None of them. Thank you. Should. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, I was kind of curious uh, when I asked you to come kind of come up with score. Have you written things like similar to Planet of the Apes before in the past? Uh, not Planet of the Apes specifically, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've been film sc- scoring movies for a long time. Right. Um, I I guess maybe the closest I came to it was, I I scored a a sketch that was a. Um, do you remember that video that went viral? That was um, it was like the woman walking through New York City getting catcalled. Um, yeah, it did. Uh, vaguely familiar. There was a some some sketch where they were doing that, but it was with um, cavemen and cave women. Uh, and so okay. I had to make like this, this like, uh, like, uh, sort of Planet of the Apes kind of like uh, tribal, whatever, old timey, uh, orchestral background thing. That's kind of the closest I ever came to it. But, but in gotcha. general, it's just, yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I have to write whatever uh, style comes up as it comes up. So it's not really um, such a stretch, I guess. Mm hmm. Uh, like something like this, it, 
I I kind of knew the music, and so I just listened to it once and was like, oh yeah, it's this. And then <laughs> it, it took like five seconds. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy to me. Because like I I remember listening to it like the first time, like holy shit, this is better than anything Joe and I are ever gonna do. Uh, yeah, when <laughs> you said to me, I was like, oh, <laughs> what? And I'm like, now we actually have to like put effort into this. And I was like, this? <laughs> we, our intro is better than we are. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you like it. <laughs> no, it's, it's fantastic. And just with, in terms of the music, like, I don't remember, like I've seen, I've seen the Tim Burton one. I've seen the James Franco one and doing this podcast. Now I've, I've seen every, every other planet of the apes, like the original ones. And I don't remember like uh, the music at all from the Tim Burton one or from the Franco one as much as I would remember the music from the first one and the third one yeah. of uh, of Planet of the Apes, like which was also well, to Jerry be fair Goldsmith to them, as well. Though, of was it? Uh, yeah, he he came back for the third one, well. which is like so, I'm so sorry. I don't I don't mean to keep cutting you off. <laughs> Go on. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> <laughs> No, go, go. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, I was just saying that he he came back for the third film, um, and it's like super funky and like very seventies and sounds like everyone's about to get down, and I love it. Nice. But uh, it still maintains that kind of like those drum beats and everything that's from the first film, mixed throughout like disco collars. Um, so it, it it's wonderful. That's all I have to say. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be quiet. Uh, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, um, to be fair to the the Franco one specifically, um, right now the trend with film scoring is not to be like these big recognizable things. the The trend now is to be like disappearing into the background and just sort of creating a base for for the movies and stuff. Just a lot of just like. Uh, like the string section just going dun 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 dun, and like like percussion loops of dun dun you know like that's that's the thing now. So it's not really a question of like is the music bad. It's more just like yeah, this is what everybody's doing, so this is what you have to do. I I feel like everyone's just doing a bass Hans Zimmer at this point. Yeah, like it's just long strings. Yeah. Curse you, Batman begins. <laughs> it'll 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 come back around eventually. Well, you know, so the score for uh oh no, I'm having a brain fart. Uh Prometheus. There's one song, like there's one piece of the score that it's called Life, and I will always I I can pick that out very easily. Um now I only knew the title of the track because my co I was listening to the soundtrack at work. And my coworker popped out of nowhere and just said, Hey, is that Prometheus? Is that life? And I was like, <laughs> I just turned around. That's, like, that's weird. That's, I was like, that's uh, okay. I looked at my phone. I was like, yes, it is. But like, awesome. it's such a good recognizable soundtrack for yeah. a more modern movie. Oh yeah. I mean, some, some movies are still doing it and some, some people manage to sneak it by, but you know, it's just, it's not really the style. So like, Anytime you see a movie that doesn't do that, it's not necessarily 
Like, like the composer was probably like, let me write some themes. It'll be awesome. It'll be like Star Wars. And the director was like, no, that's not what audiences want. And we put a lot of money into this. Please don't do that. <laughs> so it, that's a thing that happens. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg one, uh, that one, that whole movie feels like, uh, like nobody was, um, like leaning into what they do. If that makes sense. Like it, it felt very much like, uh, like, like everybody involved was just like, let's pull it back and try and make like a popular studio movie. And so like the whole score, like it's not bad, but it's also just very like bland. Like, it's just like, yeah, okay. That, that works. That makes sense. That's cool. Um, Although I did notice the other day, my favorite thing about that movie, um, the 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 time travel theme is the same theme from Back to the Future, which made me so happy. And normally, <laughs> I would say that that's probably just an accident, because um, like it's in Back to the Future, it's done in a way that's super recognizable. Mm-hmm. But it's also that like it's it's called the Mixolydian mode, or maybe Lydian mode. One of those. Anyway, that mode is very common in film scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it it shows up all the time. But because that movie I, is Danny Elfman, I think. It is, yeah. It yeah, makes yeah. me think he probably knew and was like, this will be really funny. I'm going to sneak the time travel theme <laughs> into our time travel thing. It'll be great. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I love that. That's That's so fun to me, doing stuff like that. Like... I, I try and do that all the time with film scoring. He's like sneak things in that are like funny just for like me and like three musician friends that notice it. That's great. <laughs> I, I did not notice the, uh, that within the um, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, probably because I had a migraine um, while watching it. But well, it's, it's not like, no, I know exactly what scene you're talking about. So I'm, I'm going to have to go back and just maybe watch that. Uh, you know, you got to watch the whole movie again. Nope. I'm good. Thank you. Never again. Um, whole so, <laughs> Joe, you liked that movie, right? When I was a child. Yes. And you know what? I have fond memories of it and I will, I will stick to my guns. You're going to stand by it. Watching it. Yeah. I will stand by again and say, I enjoyed that film watching it again. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's. I think it's yeah, fun. Sure. I don't think it's good. I see. I no, think there's a difference good. between there's a difference between good and bad versus <laughs> like and dislike. Like mm-hmm. a movie can be bad, but also like fun to watch. Like the oh, Super 100%. Mario Brothers movie. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> best movie ever. Love that it. That movie is amazing, and you can't buy it digitally. And I'm very upset. Like I have the DVD, <laughs> but you cannot get that movie digitally. And I just need That's to see weird. the argument between the cop and the Mario Brothers about Mario Mario and Luigi Mario why they're called the Mario Brothers. It's so I just good. need to sit there and see that. Um, you, also, I really like the music in that movie. <laughs> Do you remember in that movie there are shots of the Mario Brothers um, after they're on the run and there's a phone number? Like, have you seen these brothers? Have you seen these plumbers? Yeah. And yeah. It's got a phone number at the bottom of it. Okay, so I'm in like high school and I'm re-watching this movie because I own and I see the number, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta call it." Because it was a real number. It wasn't like a five five five, 
it wasn't like an 8675309. Like it had an area code, it had the phone number, it had everything. Oh, it's a phone sex line. Right. <laughs> no joke. Perfect. Like I'm just like I call it. My buddy and I are like, oh shit. Uh is Daisy. I was kind of hoping and nothing. <laughs> kind of hoping it was gonna be the Nintendo Power phone line. That's, yeah, that's what, what I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Power phone line or just Bob Hoskins personal that, number. That, do you remember right. you, you would call to get tips about the games? Yeah. And it was like, was like the pro gamers would tell you how to beat Zelda. Right, exactly. Like the pro gamer gets on the line and he's just all like, hey, I, I see that you're watching the Mario Brothers movie. You might want to turn that off and play Mario. And then just like, hang on. It's, it's Dennis Hopper's just, home number. <laughs> you've reached the hop. You know what to do. Uh, that's what I assume he called himself. I love that on Dennis Hopper's deathbed, he fully regretted Mario Brothers. Like, that was, like, his biggest regret in life. Like, well, he, you know what? If that's your only regret, that's not the worst thing in the world. It was also, hot, like, uh, Hoskins, like, one of his biggest regrets in his life, too. Like, wow. the two of them, before they died, mentioned how terrible that movie was. And I'm only assuming, and not on wood, he lived for a very long time. But right before Leguizamo passes, I need him before he comes out. He's going to say, the pest was terrible. <gasps> I love Super Mario Brothers. That's such a Leguizamo <laughs> thing to do. I, I totally see it. I totally see it. Um, yeah, He's going to say that, though, in like 40 different character voices. Oh, 100%. Um, oh, man. Oh man, Wait, this this took a turn. <laughs> I mean, it we're talking did. about important issues right now. Yeah, we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Did you, have you guys ever seen John Leguizamo in in real life, in human life, with, like, with your with your naked eyes, bare eyes? Uh, I, I was. I, he he is great. He has graced my eyes. What? Yeah, I was what just happened? assuming he was like the Sasquatch. Oh, I, I had I had no interaction with him. I just saw him. Where was this? was at New York Comic Con one year and I just was walking by and he was walking by and I don't know why he was there and I just looked over and I'm like yeah nice. that's like Wazama and uh, awesome yeah he was there short? for short uh average I thought he really? seemed shorter too because like I was like he's gotta be short that that uh it's because he was the clown guy yes. so like and the cloud guy was short. He was there for Spawn. I'm telling you, man. That's why he was. He was there for McFarlane. He probably was. He was probably there promoting like the 30th anniversary of Spawn. That's true too. He's, I don't. I, he seems like one of those guys that would just show up. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It, I feel like if you call him out at like a con, like Luigi, I don't think he would take that well at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Who might? Who might? I think he might be into it. I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that like get into that stuff. That they're like, "Yeah, I made this bad movie. It's cool. We could talk I about would, it." I would hope so. Um, like, I think if you brought up Batman to George Clooney, he'd be like, "Yep, I was in that." <laughs> like, he would just say, "I'm would sorry." Like, <laughs> 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 oh, she Wong Fu, and then just see what he says. Uh, <laughs> That would be amazing if he just started shitting all over Val Kilmer, like just being like, "Yeah, Val Kilmer was was the worst Batman." He just like goes <laughs> like completely into the opposite direction, <laughs> like not expect. No, I love that George Clooney acknowledges the fact that he killed Batman. Like, 
I don't blame him, but uh, he, I remember him on talk shows being like, yeah, I'm the guy that destroyed that. Uh, I did what no one else could do. And I'm like, it wasn't you. you. I thought he did whatever he could in that. I still like he Batman was a good Robin. I think, I think that that's movie a good bad like, movie. Yeah, like that oh, movie, yeah. I think, knows what it is. It's like supposed to be campy and ridiculous like it's not trying to be the mm-hmm. dark knight <laughs> so like it's no fine. <laughs> that's why I, I i like that one i'm i'm not a val kilmer fan of Batman, though. that one i think was trying in earnest to be a good movie yeah that one was still on the border <laughs> just failed yeah. by the end of that movie i, I mean like, when i was Schumacher younger though, was like jim carrey the, yeah. that jim carrey riddler though like i was all in on that <laughs> See, I wasn't even as a kid because I was all about that portion. Because um, I was mm. that one kid in middle school who was like, oh man, 60s Batman is the way to go. And everyone else is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, there was Batman in the 60s? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, they would show it on, I think it was on like... It was on like TV Land. W... TV land? No, it was on like WB at like 6 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah, and it was well worth it. it was well <laughs> worth waking up for that. <laughs> no, what I like <laughs> you can't deny Val Kilmer's little smirk that he does when he leaves uh Nicole Kidman's room in that movie. Come on. I mean Dr. That's Chase like Meridian. That, you know what I was gonna say the name. <laughs> you went you went <laughs> with it. But yeah, yeah Dr. Chase. I, I feel like with that movie like the actors knew mm. that it was ridiculous. So they were like leaning into it, but like there was someone else in the process that didn't realize it yet. And so they were yeah. still trying to make a real movie, but like all the actors got it. They're like, yeah, like we, we, we know what this is. Right. I feel like Schumacher was the last one to figure it out. And then by the time he did, he's like, Oh, let's just go with that. next one. Yeah. Cause like, absolutely. I mean, I, as, as like a, as a, Dumb, angry youth. Uh, I always blame Schumacher for that stuff. But Schumacher's a good director. Like, so he knows what he's doing. I've seen The Lost Boys way too many times. The guy knows what he wants to do. Oh, man, saxophones. Oh, everything about that movie. Um, Well, also, it's not even just the director. Like, to be honest, there's so many, like, moving parts in a movie. There's so many people involved and so many things have to come together. Like, Mm -hmm. I find it insane that any movie ever comes out good. like yeah. i feel like more movies should be bad like there's so many things that could so easily go wrong there's so many people that could ruin this thing how are not like all movies awful <laughs> it's astounding well, you know like, if you go i mean if you go anywhere in the corners of the internet you will find somebody that finds any movie you look up that you're like oh man i love that movie and then you go in and he's just like Here's that one review. Where it's like, no, oh, this movie's awful. Terrible. You can go to any oh, one star. Like, no, that's terrible. No, that's terrible. No, this is terrible. That's like a whole thing now, though. That's like what the internet has become is like that thing you like. Here's why it's bad. That thing oh, you yeah. hate. Here's why it's good. It's just they're yep. just getting rage clicks. You know what? That's I saw. Like I, I actually was looking. At, I listened to a podcast uh, the other day about the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> uh, brand new podcast. I love it already. <laughs> And I started looking up to see if I could buy it digitally, and that's how I found out. Guess what? You can't. Uh, but on Google, there is a link that said, the Super Mario Brothers movie, here's why it's great. 
So the the fact that what you just said, I was like, whoa, yeah, that's that's the internet. I did not click the link. I didn't want to give them what? The satisfaction. Didn't oh. want to do it because I know why it's great. Because oh, okay. <laughs> right, Toad right. and his harmonica. Um, yeah, because Mo- uh, Mojo, what's that? I think his name is Mojo Raleigh, the guy who plays Toad. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, sure it's Mojo Raleigh. I am DB to the rescue, and you're doing the thing. There it is. <laughs> Good, great. I'm surprised um, none of those have come out earlier. <laughs> honestly, I forgot that I have them. Uh, so. yeah, All right, continue. Um, there we go. Welcome to the morning show. Now we're back. Yeah, we've got a caller. Oh no, that's just a crow call. <laughs> I told you it would work. I told you it would come in at some point. That's his name, Mojo Nixon. What's his name? Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon. What's his deal? Power Puff Girls. Give us us the rundown. Mojo Nixon. What is his? What is his deal? He's a couple things. Uh, More so in the music department. He did a lot of soundtrack stuff. Oh, okay. That's why Louis Louis plays harmonica. You know him? He was no. (laughs) But he was, I know the situation where they were like, oh, we want this guy to play harmonica. Music guy, come here. You're going to do a cameo. Yeah, he did. He definitely I have done lot. that exact thing where I, <laughs> I was just in a movie where I did the music for it. And they were like, well, I want to have a scene where a guy is playing music. So you're going to be in the movie now. Well, there you go. That's awesome. That's like a cool awesome. little part. Yeah. He was in, he was in, Buckhead. he was in one episode as a performer. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, um, I was a little disappointed in that uh, that role where I played the guitarist. Just to bring it back to that, because it was a hard yeah, no. movie, and I did not uh-huh. get murdered. Oh, and I was like, "Come on, man! Like everybody that's dies gotta be in your contract." <laughs> I told him because since I'm one of the only ones that didn't get killed, I'm going to be the sequel main character. Oh, can, <laughs> the sequel is going to be about was? my character. <laughs> Can we get the insight? Now, now we're now we're making lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> He's his own agent. <laughs> He's making the deals. Can can we ask what movie this is? Or is this like uh, it was called? Rats? Oh no, it came out already. It's, oh okay. Uh, it's it's called Slashing Two, the final beginning. Um, I love it. It's do you uh, do you know do you know about? Do you know any uh, trauma movies? Oh, like Toxic this guy does. Avenger and yeah. Tromeo and Juliet and stuff? Um, yeah. It is it is a trauma movie. So it's like awesome. super over-the-top horror, gross-out, ridiculousness. Um, it's awesome. And, that uh, sounds awesome. I, I did the score for it, but he also wanted at a certain point to have the characters go to a concert. And so I wrote a song and then played the singer-songwriter in the movie when they go to the concert. That's so cool. Nice. nice. That's awesome. And then I I'm... have one line that I delivered so poorly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like there's such, there's such a weird thing with, like, I feel like if you only have one line, it makes it so much mm-hmm. harder to, like, do it well. It's right. like, you don't get a chance to, like, be the character. I mean, it's a side character. So that is your character. That you, line like, is... Yeah, that's it. You have one line, and it's just, like, awkward and weird, and, like, also, I'm a side character, so you don't want to, like, make a thing of it. 
So right. like the other guy, I'm just like letting the other guy do everything. And I'm just like there to be like, yo, okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's just super awkward and terrible. Right. Like, picturing, like there's like, that you, like, your face into the camera. Like you're just like slightly like <laughs> leaning in every time. And the other guy See, like. <laughs> my, my mind first went to uh, Wayne's World and going back to my where they replace the uh, gas station attendant for one line, and they just need someone to read it better so they get Charlton Heston. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Uh, I, so, I mean, and, and I think this is kind of going back to the question I asked about 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> Oh, did I not answer the questions? I don't know. I, I lost track. What are we talking about again? Uh, we got very sidetracked. Planet of the Apes. Okay, you coming? Wait, are you guys going to talk about um, Spaceballs? Because technically, that is canon oh, yeah. with it Planet is of the canon. Apes. Yes, shared yeah. universe. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I have no comments. I mean, I love Spaceballs. I'll talk about. I love it all Spaceballs day too. I um, think it's great. <laughs> Spaceballs uh, is that's that was my first like intro to anything Planet of the Apes was space. That was yours, okay. That was even before the Tim Burton thing, like yeah, I remember I actually, watching Spaceballs and seeing it, that. <laughs> yeah, I think now that I'm thinking about it, that might have been mine also. But I think I didn't know what it was. Like I saw that and I turned to my parents, like what? I don't understand. What is this? And they're like, <laughs> yes, yeah, Planet of the Apes, you know. And I was like, no, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> what I'm is Planet of the Apes? <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like you, you watch the parodies or the or the um the satires of these films before you know them, especially of like older films and older satires. Like uh Alien. No clue about the chestburster as a kid or anything like that. Oh yeah. My first no thought is Michigan J Frog style little alien guy with a little top gun and a cane dancing in a diner. Um and it's still that. Like to this day I will always while watching yeah, same <laughs> definitely like, it's, it's that. Um, I, I had that um i had that with um high anxiety i, I saw that first that's my favorite and, then, <laughs> and i loved it but uh but then i was like oh i need to like go back and watch all the hitchcock movies and then i got like super into hitchcock movies yeah. and i was like wait these are actually these are really good what happened what yeah it's great no, I, I totally get that i um Surprising choice for favorite, by the way. It, yeah, I think um, it's just because I saw it when I was so young. My my dad did a really good thing when I was a kid and was like, "You should watch good old comedies." So like, we watched like The Odd Couple, we watched like uh, the original producers, and then we went into High Anxiety, and I was obsessed with Mel Brooks after that. Um, so yeah, High Anxiety holds a very tight spot in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I have the sound Nice. I had the same thing actually, where my parents were like, "You have to watch old comedies." Mm -hmm. uh, we went back further though, where they bought me this big box set of Marx Brothers movies, and they're like, "You're going to start with these to learn," <laughs> and then I moved up to Mel Brooks, and I see I had the same thing except I got super into History of the World. That was like my go-to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. man, that was great. They uh they showed me that um, because when's part two coming I, up? 
I got super into the Kevin Smith movies. And mm-hmm. I think my parents were like, I think my parents were secretly like, we can't let a 13 year old watch these. We have to like divert him into like comedies that are appropriate or at least like a little more appropriate. Right. Right. <laughs> like closer to appropriate. <laughs> so they start introducing me to all like things that are shown on TBS as opposed to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They, they might edit out one word or two words, but that's about it. Um, yeah, I was I was the same way. I was really, really into Clerks and Kevin Smith at around like thirteen or so. It just kind of like hits that funny bone of like it's that taboo, but it's also really funny. Um, yeah. I remember walking across the street to uh, like there's like a mom and pop uh, rental store and, and renting VHS tapes all the time, and I was making my way through all of Kevin Smith's library. And I got chasing Amy and they're like, should you be watching this? And I'm like, yeah, my parents say it's okay. And I remember them having to call my mom because like across the street and being like, is it okay? And she's like, what is he doing? She's like, is it, it's not an art. It's not like an X-rated movie. And they're like, no, just like, let him watch it. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Thanks, mom. Uh, but it was like one of those things where it was like, it was kind of taboo, not quite like, I don't know. I think we all watched moderated R movies in our youth. But I uh, I remember when I was like getting into them, mm-hmm. um I would have my brother drive me to Blockbuster because I couldn't drive yet. I was like mm-hmm. thirteen or fourteen. He would drive me to Blockbuster after school before my parents got home from work. We'd go and rent clerks. We we went rented them individually, each one. I'd rent yep. it and then I did this thing where I plugged uh, the upstairs VCR into the downstairs VCR and recorded it onto a blank VHS. Yeah, and man. Like, didn't label it so that my parents wouldn't know that I bought, uh, <laughs> that I copied Clerks and Chasing Amy. You're a freaking rebel, bro. Oh, <laughs> man. I uh, I did that, but nerdier. I, I, I would rent PS1 games and... Um, think that the cutscenes were so cool so i would plug a vcr in and then record the cutscene so i could watch them later nice you, cool. i know i, uh, I was like it, i was like man squall and Renault are gonna dance and it's gonna be hilarious i'm gonna watch it again uh, there was uh there was a day that i did. there was a whole day i spent watching somebody piece together all the cutscenes from like the different zelda games to make like the Twilight Princess movie, and it's oh, like geez. an hour and a half worth of cutscenes. Holy crap, that's a lot! And I watched the whole thing. I love that. <laughs> that's so fun. That's wonderful. <laughs> See, I have uh, my brother-in-law to thank for a lot of the movies that I saw, like History of the World. Like my dad would never have wanted me to watch any of those, even that. Um, but like my brother-in-law showed me Raw and Delirious, like Eddie Murphy's stand-up specials. When oh was, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he wanted to take me to see like Beavis and Butthead do America, and my dad's like, no. And like my brother-in-law would take me out of school, and he's like, we're going to see The Matrix, and I'm like, he would he would actually have my sister write a note for me, sign wow. that I needed to leave school early. He would take me out of school. <laughs> he would take me to Hooters 
and then to see a movie. So like that was our thing. He'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to the, we're gonna go get wings, and then we're gonna go see is, a movie." We did that with all three Matrix movies. <laughs> is he? Did he walk out he of like a sex? sitcom? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, he just sounds like that, like, generic kind of like sitcom. Hey, bro, brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. He's he's fantastic. My like Chris, he's he's a great dude. Like, like <laughs> he always found ways to get me into stuff that I should have no right ever ever doing. Like, I was a I I, I was a merch guy at a bunch of different concerts because of him. I really um, thought you were going to say I, I was a murderer, but um. I was I yeah I was a uh, I was a merchant of death. <laughs> yeah, he just got me into like some really cool things, like covering up your prints, stuff like that. It's yeah, yeah, so yeah. You know, I know I know how to hide a body. Let me tell you. Um, were you no, the but merch like, guy for something once for huh? uh, for for a Greg Walden show? Me oh, probably. I was always there. I was always filming and stuff. Like I, that was when I wanted to like, be a music video director, and I was like, oh, I'm going to film every bands on campus. And uh, nice. I think at one point I, I was the merch table. Um, yeah, I remember you being I was, somehow involved in it. Yeah, I was like an unofficial roadie that didn't go on the road with you guys. Uh, <laughs> that was the uh, that was the the show that we did that was outside, and it was like super cold so we were all wearing coats yep yeah like bundled up with like four layers trying to play i have i know i've got videos somewhere on my old camera like you guys and like the practice room and shit like that like walking around and filming but i'm gonna i'm gonna be fucking jonathan demi and i'm gonna do fucking stop making sense and i'm gonna be the coolest guy in the world and then I don't know. I, I gave up on And it. now here we are doing a Planet of the Apes podcast. You know what? Fucking A. So <laughs> you've arrived, man. You're here. You've done it. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't know. But uh no, I I I've always liked music from afar. Like I don't I can't see an instrument, I can't play, I can't play any of that, but god damn it do I love music. So um that was my way of like interacting with musicians, especially on purchase, like I'm like, oh shit, every one of my friends is pretty much in a band. This is the coolest thing ever. Um, I had so. a very similar phase, um, like right after college. Mm-hmm. I had sort of the equivalent phase, but with movies, where I uh, I was like, I'm going to be like, like Linklater, and I'm going to just get a camera yep. and write a movie, put all my friends in it, and make like slacker kind of thing. Right. And I like, I. I bought all the stuff and I wrote the script and I started getting all the people together. And then like, nobody wanted to do it. <laughs> like when it came time to schedule, I was like, are you guys free? Like this weekend we'll film and just nobody answered. And I was like, all right, never mind. Yeah. I, I give up. <laughs> I did that right after. Yeah. Right after college, I was, <laughs> I was working in um, a Hollywood video and I was like, well, clearly all my coworkers love movies. And I'm like, I wrote a script, guys. Let's go and film it. And they're like, yeah. And then and I'm like, cool. What was your script you about? Uh, I had a couple what's different the, What's the elevator pitch? Oh, the elevator pitch? Oh, God, no. It's <laughs> my answer. Oh, wow. oh, you know what? Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> Love it. Um, 
it was like a, a, a really by the numbers road trip movie. If that awesome answers anything, it was extremely by the numbers. Who were my leads? Three, three dudes. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember this. It's been a while. Uh, and I, what do you want? Like, like 10 Zach years Galifianakis? ago. That we were trying to get. Oh here. no! We get I, I had like my friends yeah. as leads. Like I. I, oh, I knew. okay. All right. Yeah, that's not going to sell. I'm not actually pitching this. this show. <laughs> you have to. We're making this. <laughs> oh shit! Um, no, I'm at that point though where I'm like, I, I used to want to write a lot and film and scripts and shit. So I don't know. I'm getting there again. I'm trying to write again. Uh, Joe and I we, we mentioned this. So- I know we we mentioned this a while back in one of our older podcasts that I'm going to try to write a uh, um, radio play kind of thing, and then uh, oh, we'll, awesome. we'll get That's it produced awesome. at some point. So uh, fan fiction. So you know, yeah, kids, we, kids we love the it. fan fiction. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Flash on the Planet of the Apes. Just saying, because uh, you got Gorilla Grodd. It. It's it's already there. It's written. It's done. It's, I've got itself. about three. I've got three volumes in mind, buddy. We're getting there. Um, so back to my question from, <laughs> from thirty minutes ago. Uh, question, right? The question, the big question. How did you? Question. I'm never gonna get to. It. Um, how We're did you make back our, to Mario Brothers? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. What's your question? How did How did you make? Uh, how did you make our theme? Like what, what in like what instruments did you decide were needed? If, do you remember making it? Um, <laughs> well, so I think um, it's it's like uh, I guess maybe like three main pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's it's kind of distilling the the different elements of the movie into this tiny little like five second thing, and so uh, the first thing is um, the percussion, <coughs> which uh, is is sort of two elements in one. Where having a lot of percussion is usually associated with like military and army and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like anytime in a movie the army shows up, it's always like snare drums going, you know, because uh, yeah. like rigid and stern and orderly. Uh, but because this particular army is this like primitive tribal on horses with spears and crossbows, uh, it turns into more hand drums like congas and bongos because it has to feel, it gives it more of that feel of like crowding around a bonfire after the hunt went really well kind of thing. And so that gives you that like sort of military, but sort of disorganized and primitive version of military sound. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's super high blaring horns, which I think are, I think are, are pretty clearly defined as like yes. those old armies. They, u- they used horns to like signify each other. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, if you can work that in, work that in. So you do like uh I try to do like a, a mid-range horn pushing to the top of its range. So like, uh, I think it's a French horn that just like shouts belts super high like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is taken straight out of the Rite of Spring. <laughs> it's either Rite of Spring or Fire, Firebird. One of the one of the Stravinsky things opens mm-hmm. with French horn playing super high, and that's become like the standard of those situations. Um, then the other part of it is uh, there's like a piano going like do 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 do. Yes, like doing yeah. these little uh, these like little melodic units that it's not a catchy melody you can't sing along to it but it's sort of a melodic phrase where it's uh it's sort of what we were talking about earlier where it it's uneasy and unsettled and it kind of pushes you like oh i don't know where i am i don't know what's going on there's monkeys on horses we might be on earth but i'm not sure uh and so it's sort of about taking those elements and sort of mashing them together um, and then it's a theme song, so it's got to be super short, mm-hmm. which makes it easy for me because <laughs> I don't have to expand on anything. I can right. just take these elements and just do them. <laughs> uh, I I found it's always like it's weirdly uh, very easy to recreate a score, like to recreate like two seconds of a score. Mm-hmm. it's the it's the stretching that out for two hours that makes it challenging <laughs> like kind of listening yeah. to something and then making a little clip that sounds kind of like it is not like super challenging um uh, also though to be fair i like i do this every day so right <laughs> it's uh like it i mean i have like a head start on it <laughs> uh it's not my first time scoring this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um, like uh <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like those like i listened to i listened back to some of the soundtrack and those were sort of the main elements that i kind of picked out as like oh that's definitively like that screams planet of the apes to me like those things also being very minimalist um so like there's no constant through line um element that keeps going it's more <laughs> like Here's this thing. Now here's this thing. Now here's this thing. Because um, it kind of very um, like avant-garde kind of. Yeah, design, it feels right? like almost like neoclassical or something where there's a lot of space uh, because they're on. They're it looks like desert for a lot of the movie. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just a matter of like I kind of already knew the score and I listened a little bit and just picked out the things that I liked and what represents it most to me. Uh, that's kind of the the main takeaway for me was those elements. They kind of scream Planet of the Apes. Um, and then uh, it, I made it on a keyboard, so it took like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it it sounds incredible, and I love it. Um, it's the one thing I never cut from the show. So <laughs> awesome! Yeah, that stuff is super fun to make. I, I love doing stuff like that. Um, it's like, like, I don't, uh, unfortunately, I don't get that many projects that call for like big orchestral scores. So I like, mm-hmm. I have all, all these presets for instruments and I have a lot of like live stuff too, but I never get to use any of it. So doing something like that is super fun. It's awesome. Like I've done themes for a bunch of other podcasts and like almost every single one, uh, is just like, can you do like a punk song? I'm like, I, like I can, but I could, yeah. I'd rather do something that fits with your show. And everyone's just like, no, no, make like a rock thing. It'll be great. Like, you know, make it sound like Green Day. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess. 
Like you're really like, good at I, that though. Like I, like I, you're well, good at punk and ska. Like I, I, I get it. And I, I enjoy making it, so I don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's fun and I like it. Um but it's like it doesn't really make sense for a lot of situations. Right. Like, hey, we're doing like, another just, murder show. Can you do like a Green Day song for us? <laughs> <laughs> I like I did the theme to um this uh this podcast uh where it's like a satire on like kind of like Wall Street bets type stuff. Yeah. Where okay. the idea is like the main guy has a bunch of money and we're gonna try and invest it and make millions. And so uh I made it I initially made like uh because it's it's all about like learning how the stock market works, learning how the economy works. I made like this super pretentious string quartet like nice. four seasons yeah. type thing where it's like dun 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 and it's like, oh, this fits perfectly with the show. Right. And I did one of those, and then I did like a couple other that a couple other options that felt like they fit to me. And then I did one like rock thing because I was like, you know, just in case you want like a, just a high energy song. And they didn't even like mention the other ones. They went right for the rock and they're like, yeah, awesome, great, rock. <laughs> Make it loud. <laughs> I was like, all right, that like that doesn't fit your show at all, but right. fine. It's that's fun. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, that's cool. Any excuse to shred is fun, but like <laughs> it definitely doesn't make sense for your show. That's hilarious. I'm glad Andrew didn't ask you for that. <laughs> well, original. Uh... <laughs> I, oh, I mean, I was like, there, there was like a solid like five minutes where I was like, should I just make it sound like my name is Jonas, but it's my name is Zayas. I'm also, I would have 100% like, okay that. that might be the answer. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, yeah. Uh, anything blue album. I think it's an album era. That stuff is a lot of fun, though. Night. Like, I do that stuff in my free time, so it's, it's super yeah. fun to do. Well, like, um, so I still work I'm at a comic book store and um, I usually I like to play like random music in the background, usually covers because I, I, I'm just a sucker for a good cover. And um, with that, I've been playing like your your Castlevania album. Um, oh, awesome. Very nice. It's so good because people walk in and they're like, Castlevania? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> awesome. You can't, like, Thank you. It's just so good. Um, I got and, another one of those coming out soon. Oh really? Sweet. I uh, cause cause do you know the like the concept behind that album? It's no, it syncs up know. with playing the game. Oh like, really? I yeah. So I I purposely I timed it out so it syncs up with me speedrunning the game. So like I could put that record on and then play the game along to it. That's awesome. And so I did that one, and then I also did Mario Three. Right, I remember that. Um, yeah. Thing, which you made art for yeah um and then i was supposed to have a zelda one coming out on the 35th anniversary like mm-hmm. last week or two weeks ago um there was an issue with the uh um the like company that it goes through to get it to itunes and stuff so it's delayed gotcha but uh but that's coming soon too that's okay <laughs> at least you remembered than... that's what i was gonna say you remembered it unlike nintendo so like uh-huh. Nintendo went all out for Mario, but not 
we're going to get Zelda. We we 100 percent. They're building up to stuff. That's because I think they want the Mario stuff to end, and then we're going to get the Zelda stuff. Um, Just give me Zelda items and Animal Crossing, and I'll be. Believe it when I see it. Although I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty pumped about what little bit they did announce because I've been saying for years Skyward Sword without motion control would be amazing because that game was great, but the motion control I love that was game. not there yeah. yet. So like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. That's awesome. And I'm still gonna try the motion controls, even though there's now button map. I'm like, screw it. I'm still gonna. Play. I hope so. Uh, one one can hope. Yeah. We already kind of got that. It's not on the Switch. Right, right. I agree. <laughs> you, you know what I think they should really do is they should redo the original Zelda, but in the style of Breath of the Wild. Oh, like, the, all the, like, the look and the feel and the play, the controls, like everything that's Breath of the Wild, except it's like the map and the layout of the original. Like, that would be so cool. Everybody would buy that. Yep. <laughs> I would be all in. Either that or they need to go VR. Um, I got an Oculus for my birthday and it's the coolest thing ever. I do want to get all one. I do, yeah. All I want to do is play Zelda in that thing. That's my life dream. See, um, kind of kind of bringing it back to, to, to apes. Uh, it's Donkey Kong's okay. 40th anniversary. I yeah. freaking love Donkey no, you can't see it from here. I have like a Donkey Kong like arcade, like marquee and stuff like that. Like I oh, nice. love Donkey Kong, and um, I want Donkey Kong in VR. I want to be able to like feel myself throwing those barrels more than anything in the world. Let me throw barrels at a plump Italian man trying to jump over them. That's all I want in this world. Awesome. <laughs> I remember getting super into Donkey Kong Country. That's the Super Nintendo one? Yep. Um, yeah. I, I remember, like, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I'd have okay. to go over to my friend's house and play it. And I think we played Mega Man X, like, so much that eventually we were like, we got to take a break from Mega Man X. So here's this other game. And then we got super into Donkey oh. Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country, that trilogy is one of my favorite trilogy, And we'll talk about it at some point on this podcast. Ape-related. Um along with Ape Escape. Uh, but, um, yeah, Donkey Kong in general is, like, after Zelda, I might put the Donkey Kong game in front of Mario games. That's how much I love Donkey Kong. Whoa. Yeah. Which That's is weird. Because I love Mario. But, holy crap, Tropical Freeze, that alone, like, destroys every Mario side. side. What about Mega Man, though? I like Mega Man. I suck at Mega Man, but man, do I love the music and I love the character designs, but I have more fun watching someone play Mega Man than playing Mega Man. I admit full defeat when it comes to Mega Man. I think that's going to be my next, uh, my next speedrun album is going to be Mega Man 2. Yeah, that would be all. Oh. That's, that's the only other game that I know how to speedrun. <laughs> <laughs> then I got to learn new games. Oh, no. Dude, dude, Donkey the music in Donkey Kong is like I put on the soundtrack to Tropical Freeze probably three times a week while I'm working. Like, and I can just listen to that soundtrack all the way through. 
And I can't say that was, about a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the music super well from Donkey Kong, but I remember there was a, I was, I was scoring a, a series and they wanted like dark, ominous, scary music at one point. And I accidentally wrote a Donkey Kong piece. <laughs> like the music that I wrote, I, I was like super into it. I was like, this is so good. Like this came out awesome. I'm super excited about this. And I sent it out and the director emailed me back like, no, this is Donkey Kong. Oh, <laughs> this is, no. It was like some specific level, like Haunted Castle or something like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> that I listened to it and it was exactly the same. Like, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to redo this because <laughs> this, this is exactly Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. That's got to be frightening, like, to want to put out so much, like, music and, and styles and everything like that. And like you said, you kind of take things from different things and place them in there. But do you subconsciously do that? Like a lot where like you oh, kind of come up with something all the time. Like, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I so often, but, but that's like, that goes beyond just film scoring. That's kind of any creative endeavor in right. general. Like, I mean, so many times I've accidentally written green day songs also. Uh, and like, I wrote Star Wars into something by mistake where I was like, oh, this like little riff that I just came up with is so cool. Oh, that's Duel of the Fates. No wonder it's so good. <laughs> uh, like that kind of stuff happens all the time. And especially when you're writing a lot, because mm-hmm. like, 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 uh, I guess I, it's, it's like a weird thing to say about yourself, but I'm, I'm very prolific. I write a lot of stuff. <laughs> I write like a new song every day. I'll write a record in a day, stuff like that. So when you're writing a lot of stuff, you kind of lose track of what you've done, what you haven't done. Is this something else? Does this exist? Uh, and so, like, sometimes I'll listen back after a song is done and just be like, that sounds really familiar. What is that? That already exists. Um, I've even had to the point where I've accidentally rewritten my own songs. <laughs> like, oh, I'll no. listen to something I stole that, but I don't know what that's from. That sounds so familiar. That's totally from something else. And it's like a song I wrote a year ago and I just forgot about it. That's great. <laughs> I mean, that's terrible, but that's also great. Um, uh, well, Louie, I think we're going to start wrapping up. Uh, I, I just want to ask you a few more things and then uh, we'll let you go. It's getting kind of late. Um, ask me <laughs> favorite ape ever. Ever. Ooh. Yeah, oh, Joe. Joe looks very shocked. I think we should start asking that to everyone. Um, good on you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a tentative. Answer, okay, that's fine. I that's might think fine. of a better answer. In this moment, who is your favorite? Right now, ever? Suzanne. I 100 percent am okay with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, that's like like my favorite Weezer song. I think. Maybe either first or second favorite Weezer song. That's tough. But yeah, uh, that alone. Yeah, Suzanne's high. That, that, <laughs> that, that's a very good, very good pick. Um, I'll accept it. Uh, what you, are your you, favorite apes? Oh, no, don't do that. Um, okay, you, I, have, you go. I have so many. Uh, and eventually, <laughs> we're going to do like an episode of like ranking fictional apes. Um, uh, wow. But I. Well, we yeah, we already did, we did our rankings of Planet of the Apes characters, but eventually we're just going to do full on apes. 
Um, you know, I you know who I like a lot that uh, it's it's going to be a really a, a spicy hot take for you guys. Because, oh no! Uh oh! Uh, you guys didn't like the movie, and I mean the the movie was not good. <laughs> I agree with you, but uh, Amy from Congo, when she orders the drink. No, Joe loves Amy. We love. Joe, yeah, we yeah. love. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even care. For don't let me in with him. Congo, I I put it in the category with the Mario Brothers movie. Like I loved it when I was younger, and I watch it now, and I'm like, it's not like good, but I love it anyway. I love Bruce Raindrop Campbell. Drink. <laughs> Raindrop drink, Raindrop drink. <laughs> I uh, I was I was playing D and D a couple weeks ago, and uh, we went to this town that was full of like animals. Pretty much, my my dungeon master made an Animal Crossing town within our our uh ex- expedition and there was a gorilla and asked if i wanted rain drink and i was like god damn it like <laughs> nice <laughs> that's awesome it's like, you oh suck. you know who else i like <laughs> you know who's a, you know who's a good ape solid ape um king louis from the Ooh, jungle yeah. book cartoon i 100 awesome song love louis it prima, man louis prima and that's christopher walken yeah, Christopher I mean, Walken. even Walken's... Yeah, he did the live-action one. Or yeah, buying that no, one. No, I didn't see that one. He he was good um, as, as King Louie. I'll, I'll give you that. He, he did murder Louis? someone. Yeah, he was King Louie. I'm um, King Louie. Andrew, don't do it. Give me he, the fire, please. <laughs> I mean, man's <laughs> red fire. the fire for us. I mean, he me and Louie are taking a walk <laughs> through the podcast. I'm King Louie. <laughs> Show me the secret. Show me the secret of Natalie Wood. Um, no, so don't do was, it. Stop. Was that Jungle Book remake? Was that um, was that Favreau? It was. That During was the new technology. Favreau, yeah. The weird thing. Have you seen yeah. like anything about how they film that stuff? Um, no. Like, uh, they have a like a behind the scenes thing about Mandalorian. Oh, where the it? screen? Like the giant yeah, screen. it's so cool. So I weird. love it. I think it, it's awesome. It makes revolutionary. They're going to film it. Yeah. Um, yes, it's great. State of the world as well. <laughs> it's it's smart, though. It's so much better than filming like on a blue screen. Like I remember seeing like, behind the scenes shots of like, um, Attack of the Clones where Kenobi's fighting Jango Fett. And it's just all blue. Like the floor is blue, the background's blue. Maybe there's well, that one was also slide the, right. That it was, was the kind of the, the that was like the earlier days of like still figured out how to make it look good though, right? But it's like I feel like by by using this new technology of like having a rotating sixty screen behind the actors, you're gonna get a better performance, like because oh definitely they yeah. feel like everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's always insane. so like. It's so crazy, like, so, like some of the things that people act like with nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Like there was a there was a thing about uh, the uh, filming the mummy, where like okay. none of the mummies were there, so Brendan Fraser's just running around with a thing, just hitting nothing, <laughs> acting with nobody. <laughs> like that's amazing. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. I saw I, it I, five times in the theater when I was a kid. Wow. Nice. I love that movie. <laughs> hey man, it's a good movie, and I love Brendan Fraser, so I I get that. Um, 
wow, five times. Good for you. Um, okay, so I, I asked you your favorite ape. Uh, what were your favorite apes? You oh, I'm sorry. Um, not getting out of it. <laughs> no, I guess not. I'll, I'll give you a tentative answer of like maybe like top three right now because, like I said, eventually I, I do want to come up with a definitive list. Um, uh, I would say Caesar from the recent Planet of the Apes movies. I really enjoy, like, really enjoy. Surprisingly, um, Gorilla Grodd. I just loves he's a flash villain um from gorilla city who is also a uh a psychic gorilla um who wants to turn everyone into gorillas and i love everything about him and he wears a cape and there's nothing better than a gorilla in a cape um and then oh I got some really weird deep cuts from comics. That's my that's my problem. Cause like it's all like I can name like fifteen gorillas from comic books and just keep going. Not my love of gorillas and comics. Um, but let's, let's go with something that's outside of comics. I guess Donkey Donkey Kong. That one that one works. I, I just not not Funky Kong. Uh, I love Funky Kong. He's no lanky Kong. Uh, he's no Kitty Kong. He's no Diddy Kong. He's no Dixie Kong. He's no Kitty Kong. He's no Tiny Kong. He's no Frankie Kong. He's no Granny Kong. He's a good Kong, though. Are you going to do the Donkey Kong rap now? Um, okay, come on. DK. Oh. Donkey Kong. Oh, God, he's finally it. back. The kicks. Uh, no, no. <laughs> if he shoots sure it's gonna hurt i knew it i, I, I knew it I, that's why i didn't say anything because i knew he was gonna keep going god i love that <laughs> i love that um when joe was um at my house or apartment i don't remember last time uh, two times ago I, I forced him to watch the donkey Kong cartoon show in spanish and um I, I swear your eyes were crying blood. Um, <laughs> it was wonderful. You hated it. Yeah, I was not enjoying myself. I enjoyed Spanish, it like, much more in Spanish I, than I, I did in English. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even know yeah. there was a, a cartoon. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, there it, is. It's, it's, it's really bad. Well, yeah, it, it's probably like the, the other Nintendo cartoons. But it's uh, it's but, it's Like, it's does really he at some bad. point say... Does he say, well, excuse me, Funky Kong? <laughs> so this that is at the, so at much the better. height of the 90s <laughs> CGI, though. This was like it's when CG. shows did CGI. Oh, right. So it's like so reboot, it was, but not in a yeah. computer. Was yeah, it, it called was, something like Donkey Kong X or something like that? <laughs> no, no. That, that I think was it was just great, Donkey though. Kong. Wasn't it just Donkey Kong Country? It was Donkey Kong Country. So this is like right around the time of reboot and Beast Wars, but both of those shows did it better. Yes. Oh, it's it's a sense. wonderful show. There's <laughs> okay. a, there's, there's a scene where like they shave his head, and like his head is still in the same shape as his hair, and it yeah, it's strange. It brings up so it's much weird. more questions than <laughs> than answers. Than answers. It's 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 a real it's a real Da Vinci Code going on here with the <laughs> Donkey Kong Country cartoon. Um, yeah, because like oh, Swanky Kong, that's another Kong. Joe, who are your favorites? Wow. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> I can't even right now. Um, so I, I will say I love Cornelius in a suit. That's my favorite version of Cornelius, Cornelius. in a suit. Cornelius in a suit. Like that's a very specific version of Cornelius. And that's my favorite of that. <laughs> I love Cornelius in a suit. And uh, it, going back to Beast Wars, I love Optimus Primal. Does that like, count? It has to. Okay. We're, we're going to have a whole episode about that. I don't know if it does. He's a synthesoid he's an, pretending to be an ape. Part he's of an the ape. Time. And then there's actually an episode, though, where he malfunctions and they start reverting into actual animals and they can't transform. And they start growling and they start to, like, try to fight each other like animals. So there is something involved with their mechanics and with their, you know. Yeah, I, I know this show, dude. Don't even. <laughs> I have questions then. Um, so <laughs> um, There's love in the show. They fall in love. They Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, Optimus Primal is one of my favorites, and I love, and I know this is gonna this is gonna really like chafe your britches here. Uh, I love. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm tired. I've been up since six o'clock this morning. Um, I love King Kong, but the one from Skull Island. Like, the Peter the, Jackson's King Kong? No, no, not Peter Jackson's King Kong. Peter I Jackson's King Kong, that. the game, the official movie of Peter Jackson. The, uh, the strategy guide. The strategy um, guide. <laughs> I I love the one with Sam Jackson. So I, I like I really like Kong of Skull Skull Island, which is going to be the Kong that's in uh, Godzilla. Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, gotcha. I think he's just really cool. I like him. He, he's a what big about old King Kong in uh, in Ready Player One. Oh yeah, there is a donkey. That's Peter Jackson's King Kong, I think. Though is it? it? Looks Probably. like Peter. It looks like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Huh. It might just be a general Could be. amalgamation <laughs> of all King Kongs. It's it's all the Kongs mixed into one. Is it like the, the Is it like the Toho King Kong? In the no, in Ready Player I One. I didn't see Ready Player One, so is it like No, it's it's definitely not the Toho. No, it's not the one we saw in the original nineteen sixty nine King Kong guy in a suit. Oh it's not that guy. No. <laughs> Guy in a suit that looks like a Rankin Bass like animation of the Bumble. Yeah. Does the it's Bumble count guy. as an ape? <laughs> well, on that, I'll allow it. Uh, you'll allow, you'll allow it. Time, I'll allow that. <laughs> you'll have the Bumble. I don't know. Apes can bounce. Bumbles can't. So on that, um. Louis, I just want to thank you so much for doing this episode and discussing music, discussing apes and film and everything like that. Um, I want to give a shout out. Yeah, I I also want to give a shout out to my uh, album, Zach, which is hits me. And is that your most recent album? Uh, It hits me in like. Yeah, the Garden State one. Yeah. The Garden State album. Fucking perfect. I'm just saying. Oh, thank you. I listened to that. CD way too many times and um, hearing it again. I've been, uh, I've been trying to get uh, I've been trying to get Zach Braff to notice it. Been tweeting at him. I don't think he Nothing. will. Radio <laughs> silence. I really don't think he will. <laughs> I emailed it. I emailed a link to it to the the email address for their podcast. Okay, like, that makes sense. Yeah, like they have an email address to like 
send your questions and like maybe you could be a guest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I sent them just the link. I was like, I don't need to be on your show, but like, show this to Zach. He's gonna like it. Trust me, nice. it's gonna change his life. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you have a better chance of getting in touch with Donald Faison than um... that's gonna be phase Zach two of, uh, of this whole thing. <laughs> you, phase... you... Get your Clueless album going. You can totally get in contact with Donald Faison. Oh, I, I was I was gonna say. Uh... Can't hardly wait, but sure, go go with. That. I, went, I went with Clueless. Was he in Can't Hardly Wait? <laughs> yeah, he's the he's uh he's the is he he's not the drummer. Which one he's is Can't Hardly Wait? Can't Hardly Wait's the one with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and um, it's the one. Oh, where, and uh, uh, the bass player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And, uh, I remember which one. I think it's him and Brecken Meyer are in a band in the background. Of the of the movie, and he's like wearing a weird oh, cowboy nice. hat. Donald Faison. Yes, I remember it now. Yeah, yeah. I made Joe movie. watch this movie the last time he visited. I'm a sucker for a good teen romp. Is that the, is that the one with Smash Mouth? Yes, they play Smash Mouth at least seven times in that entire movie. <laughs> so and it's wonderful. It. I, I know we have to we have to wrap up, but I want to say, like, I asked. <laughs> I asked Andrew to make me a playlist of like, hey, I need you to make me like a good teen comedy playlist from the 90s. Like, I just I just want like all those like different songs. Right. So he he puts this thing together and he sends it to me. And I just I just hit play. Right. I didn't even look at what the what the tracks were, I think, because he told me not to. <laughs> he legitimately put can't get enough of you, baby, on this soundtrack, on this playlist. Five or six times, <laughs> sporadically though. So like, it would, like that was the top song on play. the playlist, and yeah. I started cracking up because, like, oh yeah, we just watched this movie, and it's like, oh yeah, and then uh, listen to four songs later, and it's like, burr, 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 and I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch! Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you are Ethan Embry at that moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I made um, I did, I did a uh, for my brother's wedding he wanted to do like a gift for all the groomsmen. That was a CD mm-hmm. that was going to be like, it's all songs that have like special meaning to us. And it's going to be like a, a mix for all of us, whatever. And so I made the mix. Uh, when you put it into the computer, the track titles come up and they're all like songs that he would put on the, like a mix like that, except every track is actually just the Rick roll song. <laughs> so so it's like 20 tracks that are labeled as like really sweet songs that we all have a connection to but then they're all (laughs) that's amazing i love it i love it so much it never gets old and it never will and (laughs) goddamn, i like when uh when people do it like so unexpected too that's the best Uh, Mm um like there was one recently that was like uh, like exclusive clip of like Hayden Christensen in the Obi Wan Kenobi show, and it's a Rick Roll like stuff like that where I'm like, oh, you, oh, that's like it's like you know it's like it's like um when people make you lose the game, yeah, yep. you remember the game like yep. it's like if you can get a good sneak attack of the game, like oh really oh. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Louis, thank you so much for being on here. Is there anything you want to plug uh, before we let you go? We, we, we plug you every week, but figured this from your mouth this time uh, might be nicer. Um, so uh, if there's anything you want to shout out. I mean, uh, there's a there's a playlist on Spotify called Louis Aronowitz Music. So just throw that on, on mute, overnight, leave it looping forever so that I can get some royalties and then, uh, you know, hire me to write, you know, I do, I do music stuff. Um, I do, I write stuff. I do like comedy and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, just like give me money to do things. That's, that's my main plug. Nice. That's the dream, man. (laughs) And I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. Uh, if you're paying money, so (laughs) let's do this. Let's make it work. (laughs) Awesome. Be careful with telling yourself that way. We don't know what our listeners might ask you to do. And scene. <laughs> well, and thank you for having me on the show and playing my music and plugging my music. All okay. That's awesome. Of course. Yeah. No, we oh, uh, fully enjoy it. Before, oh, before what, that, so. where can our listeners follow you on Instagram, uh, Twitter, any Twitter, other? Oh, the yeah. Facebooks, uh, the I, I'm on all of the, all the things, oh, all the things. Uh, it's just at Louis Aronowitz. Um, hit me up on Clubhouse and we'll Friendster. Uh, work on some random things. MySpace. Um, I, uh, oh, What's Clubhouse? So, Is Clubhouse a new one? What's Clubhouse? Yeah. It's just another place to follow all the same people. No. It's the worst. Another thing? Uh, club. It's supposed to be like. I think the idea is that it's uh, for creatives, for artists, okay. and it's invite only. So the idea is, it's like you, uh, it's it's like listening in on a conference call kind of thing. Uh, I honestly, it's closest to like when you go to the panels at Comic Con. Like, okay, I clicked on like voice actor thing, and it's like six voice actors talking about their experiences, and then huh. you can. You can raise your hand to ask a question. Uh, you know, how do I get representation? And then you have these six people that are like, oh, well, I did this. I did that. So, like, it has potential to be really great. Um, I mean, so did Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> but uh, it, it seems like we a all cool have idea. Potential. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you can you can listen to six people talking at once. Um, so, wonderful. Uh, it's kind of like sitting in on a live podcast, I guess. Huh. Um if you find good ones, if you find like a good room, it can be really cool and informative and interesting. And then there's also dumb rooms that are like people just doing improv shows on clubhouse. And I'm like, no, go away. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Get out. Uh, of here. So Joe, I think we should set a clubhouse. I have invites if you want in. Oh, sure. baby. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty cool it's not gonna like end up like that last social media thing where just zach snyder was on it <laughs> does anyone remember that what was that i don't even remember what well, that app i don't i don't remember that there was like some app that was like it was gonna be the instagram killer and then the only person that like ever posted on it was zach snyder and he's all and like, that's why that sounds amazing i got he's like <laughs> i got a cool movie coming out guys and it's gonna be so snyder cut um are you talking about parlor <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm cutting it. <laughs> Joe, what a great episode. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> what is that now? What did you do? <laughs> what did I do? I said, hell yeah, it was. Kite man, I know, but yeah. the way he said it was just like very surfer dude. Hell yeah, man. I don't know. We were ta- you know what? We talked about Ninja Turtles before we, did. we left. And I kind though. of was getting Here's into it. That Joe, wasn't recorded. Joe, I know. Joe, that none of that was recorded. <laughs> I know, but it just it got stuck. Wonderful. Shut up. <laughs> well, uh, I want to give a huge shout out again to Louis Aronowitz for providing us with our theme song. Uh, you can book him at Um, He was also our guest today. If you did not realize that and you've made it an hour and 30 minutes in. Welcome. They just, you know, I think people just like skip. <laughs> they just look they skip listen to the, the intro yeah. and they skip right to the end. Right to the end. And they're just yeah. like, man, I love hearing where I can find these guys on, on the interwebs. Yeah, that's uh, all they want. Joe, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yeah, they could find me on Instagram at Voices by Joe and at Mr. J831. Awesome. And uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Major Plot Flaw, M A J O R P L O T F L A W, Major Plot Flaw, for plenty of photos of comics and cats and mostly cats and some Animal Crossing and a lot of cats um and Let's joe we're gonna get your legos oh no, legos too but good lego also. stuff cats so um <clears throat> joe where can people find the podcast oh they can find the podcast on instagram and twitter at pod planet of apes <laughs> wow wonderful <laughs> um and you know what hey check be on the lookout Let, let's start a let's start a freaking clubhouse yeah hey uh joe why don't you take us out with our classic catchphrase are you telling us that you can arrest a guy for being a plumber get out of here you went with you went with (laughs) oh wow okay (laughs) okay he went with